Welcome to the CX Podcast. My name's Justin Tippin, and again, I'm joined by Daniel Ord to talk this time about the traits of a new call center manager. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Justin. Always fun. Uh, this is going to be a fun topic, mate. So um, as we know, there's you know, lots of people come into the call center world. We have still relatively high turnover, which leads to opportunities. Um, and you know, for various reasons, people suddenly find themselves in a, you know, a, a typically a team leader role first, I guess, and then ultimately into the call center manager's job. Um, so what I wanted to cover today was really about if I'm sitting in that chair, <laughs> what are some of the things that I need to know to be effective as a call center manager? I think it's a great question, and, and uh, we've got some answers. Excellent. And we'll do this hopefully in a structured way. Um, I think the first thing you need to know to be successful in this new and exciting job is you've got to have mastery of contact center operations. There's just no getting around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just knowing KPI names and definitions because that doesn't put the puzzle together. Okay. It actually yeah. makes it more confusing. Sure. It's about understanding the complete end-to-end processes. Uh, the best way I've heard it described is the planning and management process. What do I have to do to plan for the amount of workload that's coming in and, and staff the appropriate number of people, all this great Erlang C stuff and build in rostered staff factor. And look, look, I'm even throwing out all this jargon now. Yep. Yep. But this is stuff you can't not know. You yeah. have to know it yep. from beginning to end. And, and I always remind people, the success of your operations has a direct impact on the people that work for you mm-hmm. and your customers. Because a well-run operation has a better outcome for your employees and your customers. Yep, happy staff, happy customers. Yeah, yeah. Poor operations is a killer. And, and, and when you go to the manager and you say, what are you targeting people on? And they say, oh, number of calls per hour. You're like, oh, no wonder you've got problems. It's, it's not who you're hiring and it's you know, not your perks and benefits. It's you're chasing the wrong things. Yeah, it yep, creates yep. too many problems. So let's drill into this mastery a little bit, Dan, because I think we've, we've sugar-coated it a little bit because there, there is a lot to learn mm-hmm. uh, in a course manager and I've been in the game 30 years and I'm still learning and uh, as are you um, but when you go in and you start off and you typically mm. you've got a monthly report that someone's been doing for you know eons before you and you, so your first task is I've got to keep doing that monthly report because someone's going to ask me for it right um, so your focus is on I guess doing the report and you might sort of go hey there's a few things I can probably tweak and stuff and of course I know that I've got to go and speak to my staff and I'll have my team meetings and I'll do all the stuff that's already in place so does that mean that I've got mastery when I've you know when I'm comfortable putting my monthly report together and I'm my staff tell me that I'm doing a great job? No, clearly not. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the very first thing, the question is, why were you brought in? I guess that would be something. Um, as you know, my story, I was an accountant and the VP of operations resigned. And then the CEO called me up two hours later and said, would you like to be VP of operations? And I came purely from a financial background. I had no mastery of the contact center environment. And, and I think of those years, there were eight of them where I was very highly paid, had a big job, company car. I know I knew less than two percent of the things I teach people. Now. So, so, so thinking back to that moment, mm. then what what now do you look back and go, oh my god, I had absolutely no concept or yep. awareness of X, Y, Z. Well, the first thing is I'm going to put credit where credit is due. How did I survive and flourish for eight years? I had brilliant team leaders. Yep. I think the secret to success yeah. in a contact center is to have fantastic team leaders. Um, but I realized how much more I could have given to my team leaders if I myself had had that knowledge. Yep. Sure, I'm a great boss, a nice guy to work with, and always door open, 
but when you want to grow people and help them develop, you've got to know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing I would do is I'd look at the monthly report and say, is this what people need? Are we looking at the right things? I, this is now, this ship is now under my control. What, what should be done? And we talked in an earlier podcast, who do I need to influence to help make these changes happen? Yeah. So talk to me about the skill set that's required. And we know obviously people management uh, in, mm-hmm. in any management role, let alone call centers, is critical. Mm-hmm. But there are some, some absolute um, you know, fundamentals around call center management. And you touched on, I think you mentioned Erlang and forecasting, that sort of stuff. What are some of those skills that you would expect to see in a modern call center manager? Well, I, I mean, and I'll go block by block. Operations management, which contains everything to do with operations. And, and frankly, it's not skills-based. It's more knowledge-based. Mm-hmm. Operations, you know or you don't know. When you go and take a three-day operations class and you do well in it, you'll walk out and you'll know this stuff. Yep. And that's when you'll go back and make viable changes. So we're done with operations, although that's a topic that could be we could go on and on and on for for yep. days. Yep. I think the second block of know-how you need to know is exactly what you said, people management. And there's a lot to people management because it it goes into organizational design, job description, what kind of people are you hiring, what are you measuring these people on, Um, what kinds of developmental practices are you going to put into place. Um, In operations, you have the planning and management process. When it comes to people management, you have the monitoring and coaching process. How good are you at monitoring and coaching? My personal experience is people talk about it a lot, but they don't do it very well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's all something you need to know because if you don't understand how to bring out the best in the people that are working for you, you're once again going to struggle. You're going to struggle with mediocre performance and, and attrition. Sure. Okay. Number three. Number three, leadership and business management. Yeah. The leadership stuff, I mean, there's a lot of leadership stuff out there. But one of my favorite models in leadership has always been who I am and what I do. What kind of person am I and what are the activities or behaviors that I exhibit? Uh, something I learned very early on in my career was people said, you're predictable, Dan. We like you a lot better than the other boss because he or she was always today in a good mood, tomorrow in a bad mood, threw a book at us today, yep. gave us a toy tomorrow, you know. And, and I realized that, oh, my God, just the, the trait of being predictable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all, bad things happen to all of us, and you're going to have hard days at work, but it's how well do you have this, you know, demonstrate this emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll put that leadership stuff to the side, but it really matters. Business management, I think this is undervalued, or I don't see enough of it in the contact center industry. You have to have mastery of numbers. You have to be able to build business cases. If you feel uncomfortable with numbers, make a best friend with somebody who does. That's what happened in my career was I was the buddy to the VP of operations and created all her cost per call models and cost per order models and that kind of thing. That's what made it easy for me when I switched over into operations. I knew all the numbers already. I really had to just beef myself up on the people stuff. But you can't get away from speaking in ROI, understanding strategy, this kind of thing. So I think it's very helpful to get that kind of background. I don't need you to become an accountant but I need you to be able to present compelling, numerically driven pictures. Because the higher up the ladder you go, the more the language is going to be in data and numbers. Yep. Yep. 
Your boss doesn't want to hear, oh, Cindy had a bad day today, and that's why she didn't do well on her call. That's not what your boss wants to hear. Yep. They need to get results. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so there's the four fundamentals that, um, that you've just spoken about. Uh, three. So we haven't Operations, got to four yet. <laughs> people, leadership, and business management. Uh, I clearly can't count. No I need problem. A numbers person because we're doing me. this without a whiteboard. <laughs> it's exactly right. We've it's learned just, a valuable lesson. I need to get a notepad in front of me, yeah. don't I? Um, so the fourth fundamental. Customer experience. <laughs> yes. In the old days, we called it customer service, which still applies, by the way. In my early days, we called it CRM. We used to teach a lot of CRM. But at the end of the day, it's it's what you need to know around customers, how do you interpret survey results. As you said earlier, how do you listen to a call and know what you're listening for? Because you have to define the lens. I call it a lens. Mm -hmm. What lens are you going to look at a call? If, if your QA people listen to a call and have 10 different opinions, that's your fault because yep. you haven't created a compelling customer experience strategy that tells them the kind of service we deliver around here. By the way, I sometimes call it ice cream. If I go into an ice cream shop, there'll be 50 flavors of ice cream. If I walk into a contact center, your flavor of service will be completely different than the contact center next door to you. So if I want everybody in your center, your agents, your team leaders, your QA, to say, Dan, this is the kind or flavor of service we deliver around here. Yeah. And I don't see this often enough. I still think we're stuck with the say the customer name three times yep. and don't grunt while you're talking on the phone and that's quality. Yeah, yeah. The world's moving very fast, but that's the fourth one. And that's why I always tell people, from my perspective, it's one of the most interesting industries ever because how many industries do you need to know? Operations, people, leadership, which includes finance and business stuff, and customers, not many. So I think that's why it's always evolving, always interesting. But these four domains have held fast for me for many, many years. And, and you can obviously put technology in there, but I would put technology probably under my customer experience side, maybe to some degree under my business management side. Yeah, so yeah. I would slot it there. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, you can see that um, you know, now, I guess, there's a lot of former contact center managers that are in very senior roles within yeah. business outside of the contact center because they just possess such a great skill set. Yeah. There is, because the industry is mature in terms of years, I, I struggle with this word mature because that implies we're done and I don't think we're done growing. But there is a class of manager out there that has really mastered all these four domains and they're in high demand. Yeah. And what I see, especially on this kind of global work is if a contact center manager in country X isn't cutting it, they get replaced. Yep. There's just no more room for not knowing this kind. Mm. And one other statement that troubles me, I know I can be a bit provocative here, is please don't tell me how experienced you are. I'm not, I'm not interested in your experience. You're not interested in my experience. You could be working in the same center for seven years doing the same wrong things all seven years. Yep. <laughs> so experience doesn't equate to mastery. But having said that kind of rude thing, I'll, I'll flip it around. Know-how plus experience, that's an unbeatable combo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the... So I wanted to strip back, um, before we wrap this up, back to operations, because mm. I think it is, uh, and look, as you said, we can probably spend hours on it, we won't, because everyone will fall asleep. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but w what I do want to say is, you know, there, I mean, uh, you know, we both do training, and, you know, and I'll use Erlang as the example. The, the first time, that I saw Erlang and, and I didn't even understand that what Erlang was. I didn't understand there was a formula that mm -hmm. can, is used globally 
in all contact centres. That's right. Um, that was developed over 100 years ago, or That's nearly right. 100 years ago. That's still in use today. Um, and those principles apply whichever call centre you walk into. Yeah. So there was this real sort of undercurrent of going, oh my God, there's this whole thing that is out there. That was a real eye opener um, for me, and I think for a lot of call centre managers and a lot of people that come and do our courses, uh, respectively, uh, the same applies. So. I want to sort of hit you, hit them between the eyes. Mm. If you're listening out there, reel off a few things that you would just expect contact oh. centre managers to know. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. A, a sweet spot for me because I learned from a CFO year years ago that you can. He he told me this, Dan. I can ask five questions of any business and know how they're doing. And he was man- managing real estate properties and golf courses and stuff. But he said, Dan, the golf course people will send me five numbers or answers to questions I know how they're doing. And I found that very powerful. And I use that myself when I'm kind of doing a health check. I literally think I only need to ask you five or eight questions, and I frankly know if you're, you're flourishing yep. or you're struggling. Yep. I mean, honestly, the first metric is going to be, what do you measure agents on? Yep. What are their metrics? Yep. That tells you the entire story right there. Ah, oh, the number of calls they take. The down. moment you hear the number of calls handled, <laughs> you're dealing with a negative scenario yep. and things aren't going very yep. well. Oh, AHT, it's all about AHT. Or AHT. Yep. It's, yep. The, you know, it's, again, it's not that we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, but there are fundamental reasons mathematically that some of these measures don't work. But, and I'm frankly surprised it's 2019 and you still see this everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm very surprised. I thought this would have all gone away by now, but it clearly hasn't. No. So that's the first question I would ask. What do you target people on? Uh, I would also ask, how do you manage your costs in your center? Because the answer is proper forecasting and scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. Because your biggest cost is labor. Yeah. So your labor savings isn't coming through your agent performance. It's coming through your workforce management performance. Yeah. But a lot of people don't get that. They say, if I can get my agent to do 110 calls a day, then I'm managing my costs. Yep. Yeah. And I think you can ask questions about how do you evaluate quality. People always say, I'm very customer-centric. I'm passionate about customers, but I need to see some proof of that. So mm-hmm. tell me about your quality processes. How many calls do you monitor? Yep. How many times do you coach someone? Yep. How do you coach them? Is it always with a scorecard, or do you actually help people without a scorecard? A classic thing I see all the time is, we seem, the contact centers seem to love measuring voice calls, but hey, what about those live chats? Mm-hmm. Hey, what about those emails? Yep. It's not happening. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And so again, it's, you know, you can, you can usually pick up the health of the center in a relatively quick amount of time. Yep, yep. Any other questions you'd ask? I think for now that are probably, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we could go on and We don't on. want to reveal a Those trade secrets for yeah. health check services. I'm I, doing. Yeah. I mean, do you have a planning and management process and do you have a monitoring and coaching process? And then in an earlier podcast, we talked about the four levels of strategic value. I would go for that next. Yeah. Yep, Tell yep. me your involvement in customer sat and loyalty. Tell me your involvement in business intelligence. But we won't cover that ground now. We did that before. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Fantastic. Um, So if I've just stepped into the roles, where, how do I get this mastery thing you speak of, Dan? Justin, there's no shortcut here. We talked a bit about reading articles, and, and I think reading books and articles, which I do obsessively, helps add or supplement what you know already. It sometimes gives you a new worldview. But I don't think you can become a great contact center manager by reading articles here and there and hoping you know what this term means and that term means because the problem with learning that way is there's no context. You need a structure. So 
even if it seems self-serving, I'm going to say the best way to learn this stuff is get yourself into a properly run workshop on contact center operations. Yep. There's simply no shortcut for it. Yep. And I've seen the, I mean, I've done all this kind of work like you for 20 years and been all over the world teaching operations. And it never fails that people light up and say, now I get it. Yeah. Now yep. I get it. And sometimes I don't necessarily hear from these people ever again because once you know, you know. Yeah, that's right. By the way, can I tell you another thing I sometimes would ask, but I, I've never met a person yet who can answer this. Do you know how to calculate the number of people for an email team? Mm -hmm. Huh? Do I use Erlang? I say no, because mm -hmm. Erlang is for the contacts that need to be handled when they arrive. Yep. They have no idea and nobody's doing it. And yet if you're telling me you care about cost management, you would learn how to calculate labor resources for email. There's a different formula. Yep. And I find every time I teach that formula, it's the major eye-opener. Yeah, we never yeah. even knew such things existed. Yep. And then I'll say, but then how are you calculating people for live chat? I, I think the point I'm trying to make here, whether it's coming clear or not, is once you understand the fundamentals, you can apply it to these new channels. Live chat's not so wildly different than phone. Mm -hmm. that's the right. only that's thing that's different model. is yeah. the quantity being handled at the same time. Yep. Email correspondents operate exactly the same way, but you have to be able to look at this and, and understand the impact of your decisions. So. Yep, yep. So for those that are listening, um, you know, that's uh, Dan runs and, and, and myself run a, a contact center fundamentals uh, course, typically two, three day uh, course of that duration. That's where you learn some of those principles that are applied across contact centers, um, you know, all over the world. So, um, you know, uh, check on the website for what's coming up. And, you know, both of us also do private um, training as well. So we can come in and train your whole leadership team or all your team leaders and walk everyone through it. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, lots to learn if you're a new call center manager, but there is help out there. So don't be too concerned. Uh, you know, one thing I love about our industry, Dan, and I'm sure you see it uh, time and time again, is that people are willing to help. Yeah. And, 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 and another tip maybe is don't put it off. You know, the sooner you do this, the sooner you're able to make an impact. The more you put it off, and we talked about this before, the more you start to say, but we're different anyway, I don't need to know this stuff, the further down that dark hole you're going to go until yeah. you're wondering how come your center is not really firing on all cylinders. So get yourself into these workshops you will be super, super grateful you did. Yeah, and I think, it, would it be fair to say, I mean, there's also a little bit of self-preservation in mm. it because the, the reality is, you know, call center skills are very transferable yeah. and whether you're organ working for organization A or B, um, you know, by, by arming yourself with this mastery, you're just opening up more opportunities for yourself, period. Absolutely, because you're, exactly what you just said, your contact center management skills will transfer across banking, telecom, healthcare, insurance, travel, government, and public sector. And I see a lot of my former students, especially from the early 2000s, I met them in a bank and now they're the head of a public sector division somewhere. And, and they'll still say, I remember the chicken dance, I remember Erlang C, I remember the power of one. And if I hadn't known those things, I don't think I would have been so successful. Yep. So. yep, spot on. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Look forward to catching up again soon. Me too. Bye for now.